Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So tonight, um, we're, it's week two of Big Butts of the Bible. Uh, you know how sometimes uh, they say, you know, people peak as teenagers in life or whatever. I feel like I'm peaking in life right now because I've always wanted to do the Big Butts of the Bible, and I get to do it. So if you just kind of, just be patient with me. This is, I'm having my moment, you know, like, like this year. Um, but last week, uh, we talked about um, but Noah. We talked about standing up uh, when everybody else is giving in. Um, tonight, we're shifting. It's not going to be but Noah or but some person. Tonight, it's but God. And to kind of start out with um, talking about but God, I want to give you a little recap on what our, if you weren't here last week, what our big butts of the Bible series is about. You have a big butt. That was the premise of this, of this series. And I'm not talking about like, you know, um, your, they call it posterior. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. When we approach God and our relationship with God, we, we have excuses sometimes. And last week we talked about the excuse, but everybody else is doing it. So what's your excuse why you can't serve God, why you can't believe in God, why you can't submit to God? You have a big butt, but the Bible has a big butt that trumps your big butt. And we're going over the four biggest butts of the Bible. And while we're talking about your big butts and the big butts of the Bible, I'm sharing my big butts with you. Uh, we have these devotionals that we handed out last week. We have more that you can pick up at the, uh, at the table there. It's the 21 biggest butts in the Bible, and it's a 21-day-like devotional that goes through some of the biggest butts of the Bible. Uh, so that's a great way to kind of develop the practice of spending time with God every day. So Tonight we're talking about this big but, and the but is, but I have a past. But I have a past. And uh, some of you are like, well, Matt, I really don't have a past um, because I was like saved when I was five years old. And, you know, yeah, I wasn't exactly, you know, hitting the gym beam real hard as a five-year-old. Uh, so I, I don't really have a past. Well, um, we're going to talk about your past because you really do have a past, whether you realize it or not. But um, I, I thought I just have to start by talking about something that a lot of people have been asking me about. And it's someone who has a very public past who has apparently had a but God moment in his life. Um, and I was, you know, just chilling in my office when Kanye's uh, new album dropped on Friday. And, uh, you know, people started texting, Matt, what do you think about when, what do you think? I was like, I guess I better listen to it. Um, and I was very surprised because the last time I heard a Kanye song, um, he wasn't talking about Jesus, he was talking about Jesus, you know, and he was, uh, yeah, there's not a lot I really wanted to listen to, to be honest. Um, so I posted, uh, yeah, I'm kind of starting each of these lessons off with feedback I got from you on my Instagram stories. So I asked you on Instagram, I said, what do you think about Kanye's new album? And here's some of the answers um, that you guys kind of sent in. Um, They're kind of like, you know, all along, you know, kind of run the gamut there, right, of, of, of things. Uh, some of you were a little skeptical and you're like, I think it's just like a big publicity stunt. Uh, some people really like, you know, some people really got hungry for Chick-fil-A after listening to it. Uh, you know, so, yeah, there were all kinds of like different reactions, right? And by the way, I would not suggest just going out and listening to this and putting like, I, I listened to this on Spotify and then it went, yeah, when it was finished with that album, it went to like a previous album. And, you know, let's just say you may not want to do that. Um, but here's, here's the thing. Someone who had a very public past that was not God-honoring has claimed to have put his faith in Jesus had a but God moment, and now he has changed. So here, here's kind of the thought, and I'm going to try to do this. I don't know how successful I am. I'm going to start the lesson here, and by the end of the lesson, I want to be over here because I want to talk about and ask you a question, 
And just bear with me because you know, anytime you talk about buts, you know, any term I use can be thought of in the terms of but. Like one of, you, one of your all's parents was telling me, Matt, I really just, uh, yeah, I, I saw that big buts of the Bible series and it was just really cracking me up. <laughs> and I was like, ha, you said crack. You know, so, so anything can be, probably shouldn't have said that to a parent. Um, anyway, we, you know, any, uh, just bear with me, okay, on, the, on this. But here's kind of the main question I'm asking tonight is, is which side of the but are you on? Okay, and that's going to make sense as we go through the lesson because we're going to talk about what it means to be, not just what it means to be saved, but what it means to live like you're saved. So we're going to talk about what God saved us from, what God saved us by, and what God saved us to. So you'll know how, quick, how soon we're going to be getting out by where on the stage I am. Does that make sense? So yeah, we're going to, we're going to start over here and we're going to work our way um, over there. Um, just like, you know, Kanye has now a very big but in his life, but God. Um, I could go a lot of directions with that, but I'm just going to move on from that analogy. But um, do you have a big but in your life? Are you living on this side or are you living on this side? And are you positionally before God on this side or are you positionally before God on this side. So if you have your Bible, open up to Ephesians 2. Uh, last week, if you were in high school, we got into Hebrew syntax, which sounds really boring, but we proved that even in the Hebrew, the but Noah was really a big butt of the Bible. Like God wanted to make sure like, that we knew it was a big butt of the Bible. Tonight, um, this may be, you know, in my opinion, this may be the biggest but in the Bible, um, just because of what it refers to and what it highlights. So I'm going to kind of just read this with you. And after we read this, we're going to talk about what we've been saved from, what we've been saved by, and what we've been saved to. So let's read it. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once lived in the passions of our, of our, our, passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So that's over here. That's not a pretty picture, right? But here's the big but of the Bible. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up and seated, with, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that, this is what God saved us to, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. By grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. can't save yourself. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we, meaning people who believed in Jesus, are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you can see the flow here, right? You see... You were, but God did something, so now you are. So let's start on the, I guess we could call it the bad side of the butt over here. It says, yeah, me, I'm a, I'm a circler, I'm a highlighter, I'm a marker up of my Bible, so I have circled all of the past tense words on this side of the butt in this passage. I circled, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, verse 3, among who we all once lived 
at the end of verse 3, we were by nature children of wrath. Verse 5, we were dead in our trespasses. So if you have put your faith in Jesus, this is what the reality of what your life used to be. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, this is the reality of what your life is right now. If you're like me, I was saved when I was five years old. Like I said, I wasn't a, you know, what you would consider to be a hardened sinner. <laughs> you know, I hadn't spent time in jail. You know, <laughs> I hadn't done drugs. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I hadn't done like bad, quote unquote, bad things. So when I compare my story of how God saved me to the story of someone like Kanye, who apparently God has saved and was saved out of a lot of like, quote unquote, really bad things, it's, I start to think that maybe my testimony or my story really isn't that interesting. And nobody needs to hear it because I was five years old. You know, maybe I stole a juice box from my brother, you know, and, 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 and God saved me from that hard life, you know. And, and, and we, we get this idea that, you know, some of you weren't saved at a young age. You were saved you know, later in life and, that, you know, that's great. But some of us get this idea that God has not really saved us from that much because we were young when we were saved. Look at what you were, whether you were five or whether you were 15 when you were saved. Look at what you were. Pastor, if you were here on Sunday morning, um, he was like alliteration crazy. So I was like, I've got to one-up him. I don't know if I really one-upped him or not, but I alliterated everything tonight. Um, so you've been saved from something. Here's the, here's the sentence about what we were saved for. We were powerless prisoners in a precarious predicament. It's a lot of P words. You like, you know, some of you like that? Okay. Um, first, we're, we were powerless. It says we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our sins. Yes. We could not, we were a slave. We could not please God no matter how hard we tried. Uh, the Bible says that before Jesus saved us, we were slaves to sin, meaning we had no choice but to sin. So we were, we were powerless. It compares us as dead in our sins, meaning in our relationship with Jesus, it was dead. It was empty. And then it kind of compares us to prisoners because I also circled or underlined the words following. Look, it's, it's twice. It says, well, we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. Our sins separated from God. We used to walk in them. We were following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. And then in, the, um, in verse 3, it says, we were carrying out the desires of our body and our flesh. So right there, you see, we've gone over this before. You, you, just like Jesus is our hero, we have an enemy too. And our enemy, just like God is, is, is three in one, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our enemy, there's, it's, it's an evil trinity of our enemy, meaning uh, that, that Satan is against us. The world around us is trying to pull us into things that dishonor God. And then even inside us, our, our flesh, our, our sinful nature causes urges and feelings inside our hearts that make us want to do wrong. I didn't have to be taught when I was a kid how to hit my brother. Any of y'all here, yeah, you, you have brothers and you've, you've hit them a few times, right? Yeah. <laughs> or sisters, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you don't have to be taught how to do that, right? Um, you, don't, you, you don't have to be taught how to do wrong. It's, it's inside you. I, I don't mean to keep going back, but this story is kind of like on the front burner in our culture. Um, I have a quote um, from Kanye. I never thought I'd be doing this. Never. <laughs> Never, never, never thought I'd be quoting this guy. Because I used to, I, so you've been around long enough, you know I, do not, I did not like him at all because he was public enemy number one of the best singer in the world. I'm not even going to talk about that. But um, talk about the world around us trying to suck us in. Read 
Kanye was interviewed, read this story. It says in a revealing interview with Beats One Radio, Wes, Kanye, said he had been introduced to pornography at the age of five and that quitting that habit was a major life decision. He, he quotes here, my dad had a playboy out at age five and it affected almost every choice I made for the rest of my life from age five to now having to kick the habit. He says, goes on to say, it presents itself in the open like it's okay. I stand up and say, you know, it's, it's not okay. The rapper pointed to his addiction to porn as one of the factors in his lyrical choices before the new album. He goes on to say, that Playboy I found when I was five years old was written all over that VMAs moment, Wes said, referring to the infamous incident when he stormed the stage at the MTV Music Awards as artist Taylor Swift received an award. See how, even from his own admission, the world sucked him in, it fed into his flesh, and that, like his story may be kind of what we would consider an extreme story in the outworkings of what he did. The same thing is at work in our hearts and in our lives before we accept Jesus as our Savior. We are slaves, we are prisoners to, to the enemy, to, to Satan, to our flesh, to the world around us trying to do the wrong thing. We could not get ourselves out of it, and it puts us in a predicament. When you're prison, a prisoner, you're in a predicament. Look at the predicament. It says in verse 3, we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Our sins don't just affect us. They affect those around us. Your rage, somebody should probably turn their phone off. Uh, your rage, does it just affect you? No, it affects all the people around you. Your pride, does it just affect you? No, it affects all the world around you. Can a good God, a just God, just let sin go unpunished and undealt with, a holy God? Absolutely not. It says, we were by nature children of wrath. It leads to an empty life that ends in an eternal hell. You don't think you have an incredible story if you've been saved? That was you. If you've never put your faith in Jesus... If you don't know absolutely positive tonight that you're saved, this could still be you. And maybe that's why your life feels so empty. Maybe that's why you just can't get victory over that sin or that addiction. We have been saved from something. This side of the butt is not so pretty. But God, what did God save us to? Oh, by the way, hold on, go back. I was going to explain this picture. I just got a tag on a dress. Here's the reason for the tag on a dress. I don't know if any of you girls have ever done this. If, if, if you are, you're, you're terrible people. No. I, I guess guys could do this too, but I've heard this is a common practice for girls to like um, buy a dress, like an expensive dress, wear it one, you know, like to one event, keep the tags on but hidden, and then return it the next day. Have you ever heard of that? Or somebody, some of you are like, that's a great idea. Don't do it. Okay. But that's what Satan wants to do in your life. He doesn't want your whole life. He just wants one night. He just wants 15 minutes of your life. He just wants one wrong decision, and then he's going to return you as quick as he can. God doesn't have a return policy. God wants your life. That was what I, I meant to explain there, and I skipped over it because I got too excited about talking about Taylor Swift. Sorry. Um, we've been saved from something, but we've been saved by something. Verse 4 but God, if you, you need to circle that. If you got a pen and you got a buy, you need to circle it. You need to highlight that big butt. You, you may want to fill it. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll like fill it in to emphasize a word. So maybe you need to make that butt a little bigger in your Bible. But this is a huge, 
This was a, you were in a precarious predicament, whether you were five years old or whether you're 15 years old. You were in trouble. I was in trouble. But God, how did he save us? Well, I've got three M words now about how he saved us. His motives, his methods, and our move. God's motives are pure. Look at why, why would God save us? Why would he do that? Well, first it says that he's rich in mercy. Scrooge McDuck, how many of y'all watch DuckTales? Any, any DuckTales people? In, okay, yeah. Um, Scrooge McDuck was rich in money, right? You know how he did the whole swimming through the money thing? He, if someone is rich in money, it means they have lots of money. So if God is rich in mercy, what does he have lots of? Mercy. Um, so if, if God has lots of mercy, you have, to be rich, you have to have a lot of something in comparison to other people, right? So you can't be rich if you have a lot of money and everybody else has a lot of money right? You're just somebody. But if you have more money than a lot of other people, you're rich. God is rich in mercy, meaning he has more mercy than anybody else could possibly think of happening. I'll be honest, I don't have much mercy. Any of y'all with me? You struggle, you know, you know you should have more of it, but you don't. Like people annoy you and you, you, you just, you know, you're like, you know, why don't you just shut up? You know, you ever say that? I, I said that to people before. I feel bad to say it's not a very Christian thing to do. Um, we, we are not by nature very merciful, but God isn't just merciful, he's rich in mercy. He's got like a whole room in heaven, just like Scrooge has in his chamber there with money. God's got a whole room in heaven that's just like chock full of mercy. And he can give it to us whenever we need it. You know, we, th we think about all the times we messed up. You know, when I was talking about Kanye and pornography, some of you were thinking about you know, the addiction that you have to pornography. You think, how could God forgive someone like me? Because he's, the reason he saved you is not because you're so good, it's because he's rich in mercy. And it says he's great in love. You ever think about this? How can God be perfectly holy? How can he be just, right? A good judge and punish sin, but also be merciful. How can he let people off the hook? Would a good judge let people off the hook? How can God's great mercy and his perfect justice hang out together in the same heaven? It's because of his great love. It says great love. Great in, in the Bible, when you look at it, a lot of times the word, and this is the case, that it, you know, for great, it's, it means big or large, right? So that also, you know, shows this is a big but, right? But that God's love is, the only, re, the only way God's mercy and his justice can exist in the same heaven is a big love, because here's what the big love means. It's that the wrath that we deserve, we were children of wrath, God in his love and his mercy put that wrath on Jesus. The only person who never sinned, he never did anything wrong. It says that Jesus was tempted in every single way that we were tempted. Jesus was tempted with lust. Jesus was tempted uh, with anger and rage. Jesus was tempted with gossip. And he didn't give in to any of them. He lived the perfect life we couldn't. And when he died on the cross, he had no sin. He had no reason to suffer the wrath of God. So all of our sin was put on Jesus. It talks about, God tells us that in 2 Corinthians 5. It was all put on Jesus so we can be forgiven because Jesus paid the penalty for our sin because he loves us, that he would die for us. That he would die for us. So how did he save us? by giving us this gift of his sacrifice. This gift is called grace. That's another word you're gonna see a lot. It says, by grace you were saved, by grace you were saved. Mercy is withholding the whooping that you deserve. You know, some of you, you girls, I guess guys would probably be good at this too, but yeah, Addison, yeah, if she's in trouble and she's gonna like lose her iPad or something, she can give me these like big brown puppy dog eyes, you know, and I can show her mercy by withholding the punishment or the wrath, you know, that, that was due to her. 
That's mercy. Grace is giving something that somebody does not deserve. We do not deserve the sacrifice of Jesus in any way, shape, or form. But he gives it to us. And look what he compares it to. In verse 8, it says, it is the gift of God. So God gives it to us. God's motive was love, mercy, and grace. His method was Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus was the only method that could forgive our sins. And this is our move. Our move is to believe. It says, by grace, in verse 8, by grace you are saved through faith. Not of works. A lot of people have tried to work their way to God. But anything short of perfection is not enough works. No matter how many catechisms you say, no matter how much of the original languages of the Bible you know, no matter how much money you put in the offering plate, no matter how many mission trips you go on, no matter how many times you've sung in this room or on this stage, We can't earn our way to God. It says it's the gift of God, not of works, and it's accepted through faith by believing. Faith is the key that unlocks the door of God's grace. So we were in a precarious predicament. We were in a bad situation. But God saved us by not necessarily something, but someone, by Jesus. Usually, this is the average Christian life stops right here. And this is why sometimes we live in such defeat as Christians is we stop, okay, I'm saved. I guess I'll just hang out, you know, go to church a few times. Maybe God will come back or maybe I'll die and go to heaven. We'll see what happens. You weren't just saved from something. You were saved to something. So let's move over to see. I'm, I'm moving pretty quick, aren't I? We're going to move to this side of the stage. You've been saved too. So we're going to get to my friend Bob here in a second. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, but we were saved to something. In, in, in verse uh, 7, it says, so that you weren't just saved from something, you were saved so that God could do something through your life. And on these, you know, like I said, I have them all, uh, <laughs> I have them all alliterated. And, um, and, and these are all P words. Um, we were saved to have a pulse, a partnership with God, and become a picture of God's grace. The first, let's talk about pulse. Remember, so that we were dead in our sins, it says we've been made alive through Christ, together with Christ. So you went from not being able to say no to any sin. You went from being a slave to Satan, a slave to your flesh, to just kind of go with the flow to do whatever the world did, to being a free person, to being spiritually alive and actually making decisions that honor God. I didn't, I didn't read the whole article because I wanted to save the rest of it. This, this is a lot of Kanye for one lesson, isn't it? But remember, he's just talking about how his addiction to pornography affected every area of his life, how he was a slave to it. He couldn't beat it. He couldn't find victory over it. Read what he says in this interview. He says, I've spread a lot of things. There was a time I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. I was letting you know what the Hennessy had done for me. But now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me and that I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now, a son of God, I am free. Isn't it incredible what God will do in our lives? He'll make us free. That only happens when we're made alive with Jesus. First, he gives us a pulse. 
How many of y'all got a pulse tonight? I hope you have a pulse. Um, then he gives us a partnership with Jesus. L- look at what, what it says here. It says, why were you saved? So that, verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of God's grace in his kindness towards us. So God's got a plan that the closer we get to Jesus' second coming, the more and more we are going to display Jesus' grace to the world. He wants us to be a display of his grace. And then also it says in verse 10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for, what are we created, made alive for? For good works which God prepared beforehand. Salvation is the root. Good works are the fruit. God didn't just save you from sin, death, and hell. He saved you to do things for him. God has good works for you to do. You know something really cool that we're going to be starting to do here at Refuel is we're going to be starting a teen clothing pantry. Uh, Did you know there are a lot of teenagers who go to school, they wear the same outfits every day because they don't have anything else to wear. And we have a clothing pantry at our church, but it's all like old people clothes. And you know what? It, you know how it is. To, 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 you, what you wear says a lot about you, and you want to look good, and you want to look fresh. And you know, imagine, you know, imagine being, being, being a teenager and walking into this, and, and you can have like a, you know, a size like 44 you know, jean that's like bootleg. Um, and here's some clothes for you since you don't have any clothes. You don't want to wear that. So we have the opportunity here in a couple weeks. We're going to start collecting clothes, teen clothes, for this, for this clothing pantry. Um, we're going to try to find some of you who would be interested interested in helping to like sort those clothes, put together outfits that people would want to wear, and put them on display downtown at our new downtown outreach so teens can come in. And get, that, that's something that God has maybe saved some of you too. Uh, some of you, God has saved you to go across the world and tell other people about Jesus. Some of you, God has saved you to be kind towards people at your school that nobody else is kind to. God hasn't just saved you from something. He saved you to something, and he wants to be a partner with you. And then he saved us to become, this is my, one of my favorites, a picture, or some people say picture, but a picture of God's grace. It says we are his, God's workmanship. This is cool Greek word that kind of has to do with like a craftsman's work of art. Um, There are some artists in the room, I know. I am not one of them. If you give me a paintbrush, it's just going to look, yeah, I was one of those kids with the watercolors. It would all just turn into this big brown like smear. It looked like diary on the paper. Um, but some of you, I could give you watercolors and a brush, and you could create this incredible work of art. But here's this incredible, it says that we are God's master. When I look in the mirror, sometimes I see a, I see a zit the size of Mount Vesuvius. You know, yeah, yeah like, 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 like I see a hair that's going like this on my beard. Like my hair's not doing what I, I see just like, yeah, I just roll my eyes and keep going. No, I know I'm ugly. But the Bible says that when we... We have been saved from our sin by God, that we become his masterpiece. And I put this picture, how many of y'all have watched Bob Ross? It's great to fall asleep to. It's on Netflix, like, because he just has this, like, voice, just calming voice, and he, but if you, if you, how many of you have watched him paint something before? You like, okay, so he always starts, and when he starts a picture, it looks terrible. You know what I'm talking about? It's just all these little blobs. You know, there's, there's a brown blob here. There's a white blob here. Yeah, and, but he just keeps going, and he just keeps going, and he just keeps going. And bef- by the end, it's this beautiful painting. But if you look halfway through the show, it looks like crap. It looks terrible. Some of us are halfway through what God is doing in our lives, and we think, how can, I, how can my life <laughs> and all the stress and all the anxiety be a masterpiece? But God says, hold on, I'm not done. 
I didn't just save you from something. I saved you to something. And I am still painting the details in your life. So while all you look in the mirror and all you see is blobs, I see what you're going to become and you're going to be a masterpiece. What about the times I screwed up, Matt? Have you ever heard Bob Ross use the terms happy little accident? You ever see that? Yeah, he'll accidentally, his, oh, oh, that's just a happy little accident. And, and he, he even finds a way to use the happy little accidents to incorporate it into this masterpiece. And even sometimes we mess up, we go back to our old life. God takes those happy little, well, they're not really happy, but he takes those accidents and he uses them to make the life even more beautiful. So here's the question. What side of the butt are you on? Because there's, there's, there's two parts of this question, two, two sides of this question. The first side is what side of the butt are you on positionally? You can probably go to the next slide there, Drew. Uh, you, um, what side of the butt are you on positionally? Here's what I mean by that. What is your standing before God? Are you still dead in your sin? Have you ever in faith put your faith in Jesus? Not to sound morbid or something, but there's a lot of hydroplaning going on tonight. If you were, if you were to die tonight... Do you know that your sins are paid for and you would be in heaven? Are you on this side of the butt positionally before God? Or are you on this side of the butt? All you have to do is believe in Jesus. Ask him to save you. And you'll become a child of God. The next thing though, for those of you who are Christians, think about this. What side of the butt am I on? Not positionally, but practically. How sad is it that some of us have been set free... We've been made alive, but we're still over here, laying in a coffin, wondering why our life sucks. Well, maybe you should get your butt out of the coffin and start living the life that God has for you and you won't feel so empty. We were dead in our sins, but some of us are still living like we're dead in our sins. We've been set free from anger. We've been set free from jealousy. We've set free from the need to always gossip and pass along those juicy pieces of information. But we're still laying in the coffin like we haven't been set free. You want to feel released from that emptiness? Do the good works that God has in store for you. Salvation is the root. Good works are the fruit. Here are a couple, I thought just a couple real practical. I'm not ready for that one yet. Um, a couple, act- <laughs> sorry, Drew. <laughs> I was a little hateful. I repent of that. I'll, I'll get back on this side of the butt, okay? Um, here are a couple like practical ways that you can, you can live for God. The first is just, I, I put a stupid question on here, but sometimes we forget. How do you walk? The answer's on there. By taking the next step. Some of us feel like we're getting nowhere spiritually, and we want to get up to like 50 miles an hour like that. You know the best way to start living for God, to start living practically on this side of the butt, living your reality in Jesus? Taking one step in the right direction. For, sometimes that means picking up a Devo on the way out and actually spending time with God. Um, sometimes that means getting involved in serving somewhere, um, getting involved in this clothing pantry. What, what's the next step that God wants you to take? The other thing is this was, was very helpful for me when I was a teenager and even in college. Find someone older than you who's been there before who's walked the road that you're walking. When I was a teenager, um, you know, my, my person was my youth pastor, Dave, and, and, and we did everything together. And anytime I had a question, I'd ask him. When I was in college, there was this awesome guy in my life named Earl, and he was my go-to guy for anything. Who's your go-to person? Find someone older than you that can help you navigate some of these things that are very difficult. The final thing uh, is give God the praise he's due. The whole purpose of this passage was for people that, I don't know, well, we're talking about butts anyway. There's some, there's some Christians who think their poop don't stink but I'm smelling something. 
You know what I mean? They think they're a lot better than they really are. And they, th they, they think that, the, you, that, that because they were either saved at an early age or they don't struggle with this particular sin or this particular sin, that they're so much better than these other people. Well, guess what God says? He says, salvation is the gift of work, the, the gift of God, not of work, so that no one can boast. It's all about Jesus. We don't deserve the praise. We don't deserve the recognition. It's all about Jesus. So we should stay humble, and it should also change the way that we look at other people. If I am God's masterpiece, maybe you should be a little more kind. I'm not saying, but you should be a little more kind towards me. And if you're God's masterpiece, maybe I should be a little more kind towards you. And when I look at your life and all I see are blobs, maybe I should trust that God's going to fill in the detail and take care of those happy accidents in your life. The whole point of this lesson tonight is to ask you a question. Which side of the butt are you on? Where are you positionally before God? Are you dead in your sins or are you alive in Jesus? Where, which side of the butt are you on practically? Are you living like a dead person even though God has made you alive? Take the next step. Start following God. So we finished on time. Um, that's exciting, right? So I'm going to pray for you guys. Then we're going to um, recognize our winners, and we're going to circle up and get out of here. Uh, so everybody bow your head and close your eyes. And I just kind of want to, as, you're, as you're, your, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, uh, I just want to kind of ask you some questions. Um, the first question tonight um, is, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Man, I can't, I can't have a night like this and a lesson like this without just kind of asking you that question. Do you know that you are saved? If you don't know for sure if you're saved, I want to ask you to do something right now. Um, there's no magic words that can save you. It's an attitude of your heart that saves you. It's a belief in Jesus. But I would ask you to quietly in your heart right now um, to say, God, will you please save me? I believe in your son Jesus. I believe that him dying on the cross was enough um, to save me from my sins and I want to live for Jesus for the rest of my life. Say something like that. Pray to God right now. Next question, um, for those of you, including me, who maybe haven't been living in the salvation that God has saved us to, the good works are lacking. Um, tonight I want to ask you to make a commitment to start living for Jesus. You've been saved, but you haven't been living for Jesus. So in the quietness of this moment, I want to just ask you to do that. Um, make that commitment. Say, Jesus, I haven't been living in the salvation that you've um, called me to. Um, I want to serve you. I want to make you the center of my life. So God, thank you for bringing us together this evening. Um, God, thank you that you saved us. Whether we were saved at a young age or whether we were just saved recently or whether we were just saved a minute ago tonight, God, thank you. Because of you, our story is incredible. It's miraculous and it's supernatural. Without you, without a but God moment in my life and in anybody's life, we would be lost, we would be dead, and we'd be destined for hell. But God, you have raised us up with Jesus and you've given us life and you've given us a purpose and we thank you so much for that. I pray that we'll use our lives to serve you and that we'll make our lives into pictures that point to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.